I love soul music. Yeah. Don't they do a good job with that? Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Mm. You know, Romans uh, 15 that we're going to look at today, I think it contains some of the most challenging verses that you find in Scripture. You know, Paul originally was writing to Christians in the church in Rome, and he was writing to them, and they were fighting with each other. There, there were all these divisions in the church and in the community. And so people were taking sides, and they were being critical of one another, to the point that they actually started attacking each other's character. And so for several chapters, if you read the entire book, uh, Paul is kind of passionately pleading and making every uh, persuasive argument that he could possibly think of, trying to convince them that they needed to love one another in spite of their differences. And, And finally, in what appears to me to be just exasperation, Paul, Paul writes these words that we're looking at. He says, Now may the God of perseverance and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And then there's the word therefore. Now when I was in uh, seminary, All my professors said, when you see the word, therefore, that you pay attention because the words that are going to follow are delivering instructions or a mandate, so to speak. And so Paul is giving them these detailed instructions, and he doesn't tell them exactly how to deal with all the issues, and he he doesn't recommend that they, they compromise He just kind of pushes all that stuff aside, and he says this, Therefore, welcome one another, just as Christ also welcomed us for the glory of God. He sets everything aside, and he says, welcome each other. Welcome one another. Welcome and and accept one another And that we're to welcome and accept people where they are, where they are. We're to focus on glorifying God. And when we do that, we will be a welcoming community. In fact, it'll be just like when Christ welcomed you into the kingdom. Some translations, if you're looking in your Bible, some translations use the word accepted instead of the word welcome. So they would say, accept one another. You know, the, the, the Greek word there is proslambano. And it is that idea of you are pulling people toward you. You take them in. You know, that's, you care enough about someone that you pull them into you. You pull alongside them. And in fact, as I'm saying that, I bet some of you can think of someone that has that kind of effect on you. You know, maybe a grandparent, maybe a parent, maybe a lifetime friend. But there's someone that when they're around you, because of, because of their relationship with you, they pull you in. They, they draw you in. They, they make you feel special in, in your life. It's the person that when you show up and they haven't seen you for a while, they throw their arms around you. 
and they just welcome you. They celebrate you. They make you feel valued and loved. And friends, welcoming is more than a feeling. Welcoming, I believe, takes courage, determination. I believe it takes commitment. In fact, it's the heart and soul, the song we listen to. You know, whenever you call me, I'll be there. Whenever you want me, I'll be there. Whenever you need me, I will be there because that's what love does. And so my question that I want us to wrestle around with today and to consider is why is welcoming so close to the heart of God? Welcoming is not a concept that you hear about often. I'm not sure I've ever heard a message on on the topic of welcoming. But it is something that you see throughout Scripture. You know, Jesus said it's how we care for one another. In fact, Jesus said it this way. He says, for I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. And I was a stranger, and what? You welcomed me. You welcomed me. You know, one day, uh, Jesus said, he had been teaching and healing, and the disciples, they, they had been with him, and to be honest, they were just exhausted. And so they, they wanted some time alone. They needed some time alone to themselves. And so they were trying to kind of duck out and go. But the crowd followed them, Scripture said. And, and how did Jesus respond to that? Luke 9, he says, Jesus, Jesus graciously, what? Welcome them and talk to them about the kingdom of God. Those who needed healing, he, he healed. Now I want you to hold on to your seats. And, and I love this, but we're, we're going to take it up a notch here. The Hebrew writer says, don't neglect to show hospitality. For by doing this, some of you, there it is again, welcomed angels as guests without even knowing it. Welcoming is so important to God that God even sends decoys to see if you're welcoming. Think about that for a minute. Why is welcoming so important to God? Well, I want to look at a few reasons. There there are many, but one of the reasons I believe that God has this great heart for, for welcoming people is because he knows how great the need is for people to be welcomed. It it is something that is desperately needed in in our culture today. You know, when you look at at Jesus' life, you look at Scripture, Jesus was welcoming to to everyone. He welcomed the outcast. He welcomed people that were disenfranchised. He welcomed the, the, the powerful. He welcomed the educated. He welcomed the young. He welcomed the old. He welcomed the sick. He he welcomed the sinner. Jesus had this keen sense of knowing who needed to be pulled in, who needed to be be touched, who needed a, a loving word in their life. And Jesus' whole life was about that. It's interesting because usually... That list of people that Jesus was pulling in, well, it was very different than what the religious people thought he should be doing. Way different. Jesus was welcoming 
religious people said, yeah, I don't think we should welcome her. See, I believe God knew that throughout history, every culture, that there would be insiders and outsiders. There would be people that have and have not. He knew that there would be just this breakdown. Now, look at the headlines today. I mean, some, some people that need welcoming the most, and there's not a welcome. You know, people that are displaced, refugees, migrants, immigrants. Now, listen to me very carefully, because some of you just had electricity go through your body. I am not making a political statement. Issues are complicated, complex. But I have a responsibility as a Christian that the people who cross my path, the people who cross my path, whoever they are, I have a mandate, a God-given responsibility to be welcoming to them. So it's very personal, very personal thing. You know, Leviticus uh, says, the foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself, for you are foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Friends, it is how we are to conduct ourselves to be loving and welcoming to the people that cross our path. Again, not a political stance. I'm talking about people that you personally come face to face with. And I know you're going, but, 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 no buts. Everybody always, when they cross my path, I'm going to love them. I mean, why, why, why is that so important to God's heart? Well, partly because there are so many people in this world that just need to know that they're loved, that they're welcomed, that you're willing to meet them where they are. And I also think because there are so many people that are different, <laughs> they're different. And because they're different, they, they need to be welcomed. You know, there's a passage in, in Romans, and Paul, Paul, as you're looking at it, Paul is uh, speaking to Christians and they had all these ideological differences. They had all these theological differences. What? You're kidding. They were fighting. They're fighting about how to do church. They're fighting about all, all this stuff. They had conflicts about interpretation of Scripture. And so they're, they're pretty soon they're fighting about what you can eat, what you can't eat. Uh, people's opinions all of a sudden become very sacred. And if everybody didn't believe exactly, if it didn't line up exactly with where they were, then they, they push them out. Unwelcome. Friends, God does not call on us to accept one another's beliefs. You hear that? God doesn't call on us to accept one another's beliefs. But God calls on us to accept one another. Big difference there. You know, I, I was uh, raised in the Baptist church as a small child. Uh, independent Christian through my teen years and, uh, and young adult years. Uh, I studied for ministry when I was doing my BA, St. Louis Christian College. It's an independent Christian school. Did my master's, uh, Bethany Theological. It's a Church of the Brethren, uh, Mennonite background. 
I did my doctorate with Northern Baptist, which was American Baptist, and you don't want to get the different Baptists mixed up because they, they all have problems with each other, but anyway. I've served independent Christian churches, United Methodist churches. I've spoken in Pentecostal churches, Catholic churches, Church of Christ. I, I could go on and on and on. And here's my point. I have grown in every environment that I've been placed in because I was challenged with a different perspective. See, God, Jesus Christ, is bigger than the differences. That's my point. I mean, I wonder what the church could accomplish if it finally just tore down those ideological differences, those walls, respectfully welcomed one another. And in spite, in spite of our differences, it would change everything. See, this is a big, big issue. It's a big issue in our country right now. You know, something is broken. It's seriously broken. It's seriously a problem. And I know that, that when you look at it, we got, we got these political issues and we got racial issues and we got cultural issues that are driving people from one another. It's dividing them. There, there's something, something's wrong. You know, when I see the, the hashtag uh, Black Lives Matter, I, I'll be honest with you, and I know, I know that's a political powder keg. Issues are complex. I get it. Almost any movement, there's always anarchists and people that jump on it and don't even have a clue what it stands for. But hear this. It is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking that you would ever have to create a hashtag to affirm a truth like that. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. I just want to scream and go, of course black lives matter. Hispanic lives matter. Asian lives matter. Middle Eastern lives matter. White lives matter. Big picture, everybody, all people matter. Period. You do not... See, you do not have to agree with, I call it the swirl. Pick an issue, whatever issue, whatever movement. There's always swirl out there. You know, you may have a different word for it, but anyway. It's out there, right? But here's my point. Fundamentally, if there is someone that is hurting, someone that is struggling, somebody is questioning their value, you know, if there's a young child that goes, I don't know if people care about me, we should be yelling it from the rooftops. We should look in their eyes and tell them they matter. We should do everything in our power to be welcoming to every single person that walks across our path on a daily and regular basis. We should be reaching out. We should be welcoming. We should be loving. We should be stepping back and listening and talking. Christians, you are called by God. 
You are called by God to communicate that to every single person that ever passes you, comes across you. You matter. You are of value. You are welcome. You're loved. You're loved. The world may be crazy. The world may be divided. The world may be full of hate, but not in my world. Will not happen. Not in my life. I mean, is there, is there someone that maybe God wants you to welcome? See, we're called by God to be welcoming. And those who are disenfranchised, those that are displaced, those that are culturally different, those that are racially different, religiously different, people who are struggling and hurting, people who think different, we're to be welcoming always, 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 always. That was God's plan for the church, that we would be a welcoming community. See, the church is strategically put in a place to help people from, to keep them from living in isolation. It's how we break down the walls. It's how you break down the divisions. That's why welcoming is so close to God's heart. I mean, maybe God wants us to be welcoming because, well, it helps us become more loving. It's not easy to have a a welcoming spirit, friends. It doesn't just happen. It requires character. In fact, it requires us to grow. I want you to imagine for, for just a moment, just imagine that you have a mat, a mat sitting in front of you. And for some of you, that mat says, welcome. Some of you have a mat, and it says, unwelcome. But that mat tells everybody around you whether you want to engage with them or not. Now, we play a little game where we put out the welcome mat. It looks like a welcome mat. Most of the time, it is a welcome mat. But if the wrong person starts walking toward us, oh no, not not them again. Oh no. And so what looks like a welcome mat, all of a sudden we, we pull the mat out from under them, so to speak. Friends, now none of us really have a welcome mat, right? But the fact is, we all give off a vibe. It's a look on our face. It's our body language. Friends, my question is, when you encounter other people, are you welcoming them? Are you pulling them toward you? I was reading a a study by Barna Group, and I'll be honest, most polls, I think, are out to lunch. But Barna, I think, works really hard at getting at the heart of, of matters. And so what they found out in their, their polls and study was that the majority of Americans think that it would be very difficult to have a conversation with someone 
that was different than them. And so the poll kind of went in depth with uh, various groups, so to speak. And, and so what they found was that, for instance, and I'll just name a few, but if someone was a Muslim, 73% of Americans said, yeah, I don't think I could have a conversation with them. I think it would be very difficult. If that person was an atheist, that 56% said, don't think I could have a conversation with them. It'd be really hard. Evangelical. 55% of Americans said, yeah, I don't think I could have a conversation with someone that was an evangelical. I want you to think about that for a moment. They made it very clear. They were not asking these individuals, could you debate an issue with someone different? They didn't ask them, hey, could you be best friends? They didn't ask them if they'd go on vacation with one another. Just have a simple conversation. Think about that. I mean, no wonder we're polarized. When we welcome others, we pull them toward us. And friends, when we do that, I believe it changes us. I mean, maybe God knows that we need to grow. Maybe that we need to become more loving. And so it becomes a vehicle to help us in that. See, I believe that we increase our our empathy. We increase our emotional intelligence. We start seeing other people through God's eyes. We start seeing what it might be like to be that individual. Maybe that's why it's so close to God's heart. So, so how, how do you do it? I mean, if you wanted to be more welcoming, I mean, how, how do you do this? Well, consider this for a moment. I, I think this is a pretty common experience. But let's say you're somewhere and you're waiting and you're sitting in a chair and there's a chair next to you. Do you normally, when you sit down like that, going to wait? Do you normally start filling up the chair next to you? Some of you did that this morning. (laughs) Unwelcome. Don't want anybody to sit next to me. Maybe you're... um, You've ordered your, your meal or your drink and you're waiting. Some of you are like this. Unwelcome. Yeah, I mean, you get your head buried in your phone. It says, do not engage with me. Do not talk to me. Friends, several years ago, I, I realized uh, such a huge problem in our society you know, I, I was in a store, and I'm, I'm walking, and I'm passing people in the aisle. Some of the people were shopping. Some of them were working there. And other people, they're just glued to their phones. Others, their heads are down. But what I realized is most of the people that I passed, there was no eye contact or acknowledgement of one another. And so I decided to make a game out of it. And I thought, I'm going to see how many people I can get to speak to me. 
you know, make eye contact. Uh, how many people I could get a smile out of. And so if somebody was picking up a product off the shelf, I, I might ask them, I'd say, is that, is that really good? You know, I'd see someone searching the shelves, and you can tell they, they're not finding what they want. I go, can I help you with something? You know, I'd see a, a stalker or somebody mopping the floor and go, How, how's your day going? I'd see somebody in a cowboy hat and I'd go, go Steelers. <laughs> I, I've done that many, many times. <sighs> Had some interesting conversations. <laughs> My point, it, it started as a game. But then I started seeing people and talking to people. And what I saw were a lot of lonely people, hurt people, depressed people, isolated people. And just a little gesture. They were welcome mats. Sure, some people were unresponsive. Other people, I think I caught them off guard, you know, like, oh, he's talking to me. But most, quickly engaged. And through the years, I have watched people's spirits lifted just by a simple word. Now, it's just what I do. Wherever I go, to to notice people. And and I would tell you, it takes a lot longer to get through the store these days. But I'm okay with that. Because if it lifts one person's spirit, I believe it's worth it. And most of all, it, it lifts my spirits just about every time. Now I want you to think about what would happen if everybody here decided you're going to put out a welcome mat. You're going to put out a welcome mat at, at, at your work, at school, you know, in the gym, at the club, in the store, at the restaurant. If everybody that crossed your path, that you put that welcoming mat out, and you drew them in, friends, this world would be a better place. You know, we need to broaden our circle of influence expand our relationships, even if it's for just a moment. Because as you broaden that out, you grow, you gain character, you become a better person. It broadens your perspective. You gain new ideas. It makes this world a better place when we extend ourselves. I mean, why why is welcoming so important? Well, it's God's design for the church. You know, Revelation 7, 9 says, and I, and I looked, and there were before me was a great multitude that no one could count. For every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Friends, every nation, tribe, people, language, that, that's heaven. And that's God's design for the church is that we would be that kind of community, that we would cultivate that kind of community where we need to be that. 
You know, it breaks my heart because the majority of people do not go to church these days. And most will say, and I realize for some it's just an excuse, but they'll say, well, I don't go because the church isn't welcoming. Christians are insensitive. Friends, Jesus Christ had a passion for people. It was that passion that changed the whole trajectory of my life. I am still convinced Jesus Christ is the only hope for this world. The local church has been entrusted with that life-giving message of Jesus Christ. And we do that by being welcoming. You know, when a, when a crisis hits a family, the church is there. You know, when the community's in decline, the church needs to be there. When, when culture in this world is spinning out and have lost their minds, the church needs to be the light that points the way. The church should be the place that when the world looks at it, they go, that's what love looks like. That's what it acts like. We are to welcome one another, love one another, show grace to one another. And friends, if we do that, it draws people in. It changes things. It brings change to a society and to a country. You know, this church was founded on a very simple conviction that all people matter to God. All people matter to God. All people matter to God. This church is committed to throwing open the doors, wide open, and saying, we will meet you where you're at. You are welcome here. We will welcome all people always, 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 always. We will meet people where they're at, and we will love them and encourage them and help them, and we'll keep pointing them to Jesus Christ. That's what the church does. It's what we're called by God to do. And we are to do it faithfully, and obediently, whatever it takes, we will welcome and respect people that are seeking and trying to find Jesus Christ and learn more about him. So why is it so close to God's heart, welcoming? Well, I think because God knows what it's like to stand outside the door. I've said before, God, God will not force open the door in your life. He will patiently wait for you to open the door. You open it, he'll be there going, welcome. I mean, it's just there. But you think about it, Jesus wasn't really welcome in this world initially. Or through his whole life. I mean, you you read scripture and he's greeted over and over with closed doors. There's no room here. He knows what it's like. He knows what it's like to stand at that door and knock. Revelation says, Jesus says, listen, I'm standing at the door knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into you and eat with you and you with me. That's a welcome. I'm just curious. I mean, is there some area in your life where God's knocking today? You know, he's patiently waiting outside the door, wondering if or when you'll open the door, let him into that area of your life. You know, maybe it's a personal area, relational thing. You know, maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe it's something you're struggling with, some sins, got his hooks in you. I mean, for some of you, maybe you've never opened the door to God at all. 
But he's knocking, waiting. Here's my best advice to you today. If he's knocking, I'd encourage you, you I beg you, just open the door. You know, welcome him in. You know, welcoming. It's it's so close to God's heart. And here's what, what is very clear to me. God longs to be welcomed into every area of our life. He, he longs for that. And when we welcome him, when we receive him, he's there welcoming us. And friends, when you experience that kind of welcome, that kind of love, that kind of grace, well, I think it makes you want to be a more welcoming person. And, and welcoming has power. I mean, it multiplies. And I was sitting at my desk this week, and I I was thinking about just that whole power of welcoming. And there's somebody I always think about when I talk about a topic like this. And uh, many of you knew her, Janice Pullman. I mean, Janice was one of the most welcoming people I've ever known in my ministry. She was always reaching out to people, you know, pulling them in. It, It did not matter who you were, what you'd done, what you believed. She, she just had a knack of making you feel welcome. She'd make you feel important, make you feel valued. Wherever she went, she was like that. And I, I asked her one day, I said, Janice, why are you so welcoming to people? Why do you reach out like you do? You know, when you spot people that are alone and you, you, you just go, you know. And she told me when she was young that she had had the opposite experience. And she said, I, ne- I never forgot that. Never thought, forgot what it was like to be excluded or unwelcomed. And it just motivated her to, to just reach out. You know, I never, I never saw her flinch. Someone was way different. I mean, you, visually, you just go, yeah, way different worlds. She didn't flinch. She, she just pushed through the barrier. Why? Because drawing people in was important. Sunday morning, I'm an observer. I'd watch her. She like had a radar up. She could spot somebody, you know, in a heartbeat. She, someone new, someone that was alone. And she'd just go welcome them. She'd, she'd bring them to me to meet me, you know. And I, I remember at her memorial service, I listened to story after story after story of people just saying, she made me feel important. She made me feel loved. I couldn't go, I'd run into her and she'd just, you know, latch on. And friends, she did it not just on Sunday. She did it everywhere she went. She'd be at the hospital or the store or, or whatever. She, she was about welcoming. And I, I, I was thinking, I, I imagine when she got to heaven, there was a group of people that welcomed her. And they go, you remember when you welcomed me? And I imagine that God welcomed her and said, well done, faithful servant. This is just a guess, but I'm guessing 
St. Pete, she's hanging pretty tight. And she's at that gate welcoming because that's what she did. It's part of who she was, you know, waiting for anyone and everyone that's going to cross that threshold. Friends, when people matter to you, you welcome them. It's what love does. It pushes through the uncomfortable moment. It pushes through the walls. And I want to challenge you to, to think of one thing, one thing you could start doing, one, one step you could take to be more welcoming, to, to welcome someone, you know, to pull someone toward you. What can you do to pull someone toward you? You know, if right now, some of you already, that person popped in your head. If, if nobody popping in your head, then pray and ask God, say, you know, let your Holy Spirit nudge me when, when I see that person. I guarantee you, you'll get nudged this week. And then the question is, when that nudge happens, you just got to do it. You got to say, okay, God, use me. Let's see what happens here. Friends, we know there are people that desperately need to be loved and accepted. And we know that it's, it's going to make us more loving. And we know it's God's design for the church. But what can you do? Well, I challenge you. You know, make a call. Send a text. You know, extend an invitation. Reach out to that, that person that you, you see on a regular basis. That you know they're isolated. They're alone. You know, invite them to lunch. Begin a relationship. That's, and understand that... You're trying to reach them. You know, we are called by God to be welcoming. And I pray that, that we'll be that kind of church. I mean, we may make mistakes. We make them all the time. But we're going to get this right. We're going to get this right. Paul says, now, may the God of perseverance and encouragement. See, I need that. I need perseverance. I need encouragement from God to do what he's asking me to do. Grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus so that together you may be with one voice glorifying the God and Father of our Lord Christ Jesus. Therefore, welcome one another. Why would we do that? Just as Christ also welcomed us for the glory of God. Friends, I want to be that kind of church that just meets the people. See, I'm not asking you to love the world. Jesus doesn't ask you to love the world. He asks you to love and reach out to every person that crosses your path, period. The ones that cross your path. And to pay attention to that. Let's stand for a word of prayer. Amen. prayer teams be down front maybe you got something going on in your life um, and uh, you know just come down and let them pray for you and uh, I just challenge you this week get your radar up look around you maybe on the job site you may be at your desk maybe this afternoon as you're leaving walking through a store
radars up, and be a welcoming community. You can get everything else wrong. You get that right, it's a big deal. Let's bow in prayer. Our holy God, God, I praise you. And God, I pray that you just continue to help us point the way. God, when people look at this church, I mean, we, we may mess a lot of things up, but we will get this right and people will know what love looks like. They will see it in how we act, how we behave, how we talk. God, I pray that um, you just use us this week. You use us every day. And that whoever it is that crosses our path, they'd know they're loved, cared for, valued, important, that they matter. God, we just praise you and thank you. We praise you with all we say and do. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. God's people said, amen. Let's worship together.